Travel to Europe is off-limits for the time being, but we can still keep the flame of wanderlust alive through the virtual vacation with Guidester, the weekly podcast where host Jack Bauman, founder of Guidester, and travel enthusiast Arnold Stricker dive into new destinations, exploring their unique history, culture, and special vibe. You will also get insider tips about these destinations you won't get from other sources. What's the correct way to pronounce B-U-D-A-P-E-S-T? When you think about a bath, what do you think of? Obviously not what they think of in Hungary. How old do medicinal baths date back in Europe? These and more questions you'll find on this edition of Virtual Vacation with Guidester. And now let's talk to our host, the Guidester himself, Jack Bauman. Jack, it's been a while since we last talked, and I know there's been a lot of living that went right under the bridge of life. We're just getting back to it. It's good to see you. It is. It's good to hear you and see you. Yeah, we're doing this virtually today. I was a little sick and got over that, not COVID, and feeling great today, feeling much better and recuperated, ready to be back at it and start talking travel again. And I know we've been going every week with the Virtual Vacation with Guidester podcast, and you and I have talked about maybe doing this every two weeks. Yes, I think that would be prudent. There's a lot to discuss in Europe, but we we don't want to overwhelm and take the best too quickly. So we want to slow down the pace a little bit. And I think just do every other week would be appropriate because some of these are longer. Our last episode, we had talked about Istria, which was a great episode. We we talked about this gem. If For those of you listening, go back to the last episode and listen to Istria, which is a peninsula bordering three countries, Croatia, Italy, and Slovenia. And that was an hour long. That was an hour long episode. And so these are longer episodes so it takes a little bit longer to get through. So yeah, I think every other week is prudent at this point. Now, when I think of our travel in Europe, and you've been there a lot, many people think because they see different kinds of what I would call hygienic issues, that they think that maybe Europeans are dirtier than Americans, which is not true, which is not true. Not giving anybody the impression that. <laughs> Don't want to give anybody the impression of that. Right. But I do know that there is something that goes on in Europe that is very unfamiliar to us here in the United States, and it and relates to baths. That's correct. It is correct, and it also depends where geographically you're discussing some areas are more bath crazy than others. And for the purposes of this episode, which was a nice segue, see what you did there, that is Budapest. Well, Hungary, the Hungarians in general. And that does come from the Turkish tradition, the Eastern Roman Empire tradition. But yes, there are some countries in Europe that are very bathhouse crazy. And for this episode, we're going to focus specifically on Budapest, which is one of my favorite cities in Europe. Now, Have you, say it again. Budapest. I know a Budapest. lot of Pest. Yes, a lot of people would say Budapest is how it's spelled, but Budapest is the correct pronunciation. And in fact, Buda and Pest were two different cities for centuries and centuries. One was Western influence, one was Eastern influence, that Turkish empire, the Ottoman Empire, rather. And so Buda and Pesh were two separate cities separated by this river. And now in modern times, they've been conjoined. So that's where we get the Buda and the Pesh is now it's just one city called Budapest. And what's interesting about that is you see that in the architecture on the two sides of the river. It really is like Europe and Asia coming together. There are these two different distinct Western and then Byz- Byzantine 
confluence of architectural styles that is very fascinating to see. There's a place called Castle Hill, and you can get on top of Castle Hill on one side of the river, and you get to see both sides of the river. And this juxtaposition of architecture is Hmm. very prominent and and pronounced. And that's one of the reasons I do love Budapest is the architecture is fascinating. It's absolutely stunning. I had no clue that it was two different cities that were joined and their name links them together like that. Buda and Pest. And what's funny about that is it sounds normal to us because we grew up with it one city. But at one point, they had to decide what to do when they can join these two cities it's. I, I would have loved to have been a fly in the wall. Were they thinking, should we come up with a new name? How do we handle this? Ah, oh, let's just combine the two names. And it luckily, it's it flowed. But can you imagine if it was like two B names, Buddha and Bath? Or if, if it was the, the two names of the city were saying something that just did not flow well. They, I guess they got lucky in some ways with the two names of the city kind of conjoining and flowing so well. Now it just seems natural that it's one name, but no, these are two totally distinct, historically distinct cities that were created in rows independently of each other. Very interesting. Now, I had mentioned baths, and it's not like a bath that we would take here in the United States where you've got a bathtub and you fill it with water, or maybe like in England where they have this huge freestanding tub that somebody brings in and pours water in that's been heated over the fire. What kind of baths are we talking about here? These are thermal baths. So let's back up and let's set up the context. So Budapest is a beautiful city, and it actually has many nicknames. A Paris of the East, Pearl of the Danube. But its designation as the City of Spas is probably its most famous. It's held the City of Spas title since the year 1934. It has more more thermal and medicinal water springs than any other capital city in the entire world. Wow. It is So it's fascinating the amount of thermal baths that it has, and we'll get into that. But let us I'm going to set up the history of that and the why does Budapest have so many baths. It sits, the city itself sits on a fault line. Its thermal baths are fed naturally by 120 hot springs. It's one of the reasons the ancient Romans created a settlement here 2000 years ago called Aquincum, actually. My Latin isn't great. So they, and obviously Aqui is water. So Latin for water. So they had that name for the water because it was fed by so many natural springs, many of which were mineral springs, which have healing properties. So they were enjoyed by the Romans as early as the second century AD, uh, which ruins of the baths can still be seen today. But it was really during the Turkish occupation of Hungary in the 16th century so that's 1500s, that the bath culture really started flourishing. The bath culture of the Hungarians, it's very lively, health conscious. Not only are water sports held in great respect, uh, but the young and the old all enjoy the water baths and fun bath complexes together. In fact, aqua therapy is part of the regular medical practice. And doctors, get this, Arnold, doctors even prescribe water treatments in the healing spa waters for patients, for Hungarian patients. We might have therapy, maybe some acupuncture. It's getting more popular here. We might have physical therapy and certain things, but they'll actually prescribe time at the mineral baths, which is definitely a prescription I would like to take. So it's now an embedded part of the Hungarian culture and Budapest takes the cake. So there are baths around Hungary outside of Budapest, but Budapest 
because of all these hot springs, the 120 hot springs that feed the city, that's why Budapest is known as the city of spas. You know, when you were talking about how doctors would suggest or give a, my words, prescription to go to the Budapest baths, it reminded me of FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, president who went down to Hot Springs, Arkansas because of the mineral baths down there, obviously not as big, sounds like, as those in Budapest, right? and spent a lot of time down there to help his polio. Yes, that's that's true. That is very true. So there's, there, there is real healing medicinal properties to these baths. They're fun, they're relaxing, it exfoliates your skin, but in addition to all that, there are real uh, tangible medicinal purposes to these baths. So let's yeah, lay out for us what these things look like. Are right. there a lot of them or you, t- you talked about a spa. What's a description of these spa slash baths? Yeah, absolutely. So we'll do a little uh, architectural sketch and, and discuss the main components of that. And we'll talk about how they bathe and then talk about some specific baths, baths in Budapest and then talk about my personal experience there. So the layout of most of Budapest baths is similar. Now, these are there's many of them, which we'll get into specifics here in a minute, but they're, they vary in size, but the general structure of them is similar. It's a series of indoor thermal pools where temperatures range from warm to hot. There's steam rooms. There are saunas, ice-cold plunge pools, and then rooms for ma- massage and other therapies in in conjunction with the baths. Some have outdoor pools with grand fountains, sprays, whirlpools, and then pools for swimming laps. So it's a series of indoor and outdoor pools. Each of the pools will have different mineral properties and are fed by different springs and pipes for specific purposes. But as I said, each has its own characteristics and unique sort of flares. So there's Saturday night Sparties, they call it at the Schnetzi bath. Uh, there's a wine tub at Gellert, which sounds awesome. There's a drinking hall at the Lu- Lucas baths and a rooftop hot tub at the Rudis baths. So soaking away. Oh, this is so cool. Is that a big hot tub, a communal hot tub or? The rooftop hot tub, yes. It's it's a bigger hot tub. It's not going to be your small backdoor hot tub. But the biggest baths, we'll get into a second, are, are the Schnetzi uh, baths. So we'll get into that in a second. But one thing I want to mention is these are year round baths. Wow. So you can go to a bath. Just picture this. You can be in a hot bath with the snow falling. Hmm. Now I've actually done that once in Edinburgh of all places. I was in a hot tub while it was snowing and to be in a hot tub with the snowfall is amazing. Now add into that all the other amenities and services and grand architecture that these baths have. So it's worth setting that up too. I mentioned the layout of the baths, but many of these baths are built like neoclassical palaces. So the largest of the baths is the Schnetzi bath. And this is, so there's 15 public thermal baths, not counting the, the, and these are big. Some of these are giant entire city blocks. Some are a little smaller. So there's 15 of these public thermal baths. And that's not counting the private thermal baths, that are established in some luxury hotels and large residences. So the Schnetzi baths are by far the biggest, dating back to 1913. It's the largest medicinal bath in Budapest and one of the largest public baths in Europe, boasting 18, 18 
different pools. Wow. F- 15 of which are directly spring fed thermal pools. And it offers on-site food and drinks and massage, facial care services. You get your own little arm pendant that gets you access to different rooms, your own locker. The technological advancements at some of these is actually quite extreme. Hungary's not the wealthiest country in Europe, but the baths, especially the Schnetzi bath, are very well funded and the technology there is very strong. So I was quite impressed. That was one that I went to personally. And it's like bathing in a neoclassical palace. You're outside Mm. grand colonnades and columns, beautiful architecture laid out into these several pools. There's whirlpools, lap pools, big general pools. And then you go inside and it's like a Roman palace. You've got, again, these smaller rooms and peristyles with columns with pools in the middle of them and then next door is a steam room and then a plunge pool so they're absolutely beautiful and as i said they some of the specifics each have their own unique thing like schnetzi has this they call them the sparties for the s uh, parties every saturday night sparties sparties (laughs) and then you can go in the middle of the winter and just enjoy this magical experience so it is quite beautiful so i'll go through a couple of the other top ones, if I may, real quick. So we mentioned the Snetsi, with which Arnold, if you go, anybody listening, that one you need to see. The grandness of it is in, in, insane and it is beautiful. The next up is Gellert, built between 1912 and 1918 in the Art Nouveau style. The Gellert baths are some of the most beautiful and elegant in Budapest. Not quite the size of the Snetsi, but they are considered some of the most elegant in the city. It's columned Roman style swimming pool may look familiar. It's because it's, it's actually the most photographed spot in Hungary. It also has great views. This makes it distinct. The baths have great views of a vantage point on top of Gellert Hill. Gellert Hill is a hill in Budapest. So you get these great views of the city in addition to enjoying the baths. Then you've got the Curalay baths. It's one of the Budapest smaller baths, but it's officially the oldest built in the second half of the 16th century. So you're talking wow. 500 years almost at the That's beginning. That's crazy. It is crazy. Just the, they've been continuously operating for 500 years. And th- this was built at the beginning of the Turkish occupation of Hungary. And this Turkish bath sits under a traditional octagonal roof, which is very neat architectural characteristic of that. And then finally, another very famous one. Again, there's 15. These are just the more famous, well-known baths is the rudest baths it's a turkish dome an octagonal pool it gives it this unique characteristic of an authentic turkish bath so if you want to envision what the turkish baths looked like 500 years ago i would go to the rudest baths this will give you a very good picture of these traditional bathhouses so as i said built in the 16th century it's not quite as old as the Kirlay Baths, but it's one of the oldest in the city in addition to the Kirlay Baths. And if you don't swim, if Buddha, if the bathing culture isn't your thing, you don't want to swim, just going and just seeing it is worth it because it's part of the culture. It really you can it's hard to experience Hungarian and Budapest fully without at least glimpsing into the world of the baths. If you're like me, you enjoy travel because it provides unique experiences and knowledge that can't be achieved from home. Unfortunately, it's not always possible to pick up and travel to your dream destination, so often we must live vicariously through another. 
Join our members-only newsletter focused on the beauty, history, and culture of authentic European destinations. The first 30 days are free, so visit guidester.com forward slash postcards to sign up. So there must be a specific way to bathe. We're not talking about you take your soap along or anything like that, but you take your suit, I'm going to presume, because it's a (laughs) spa and it's a public bath. So are there some special kinds of ways that you are supposed to partake of these particular kind of baths? Yes, it's a great question. There are things you should know if you're going to delve in, <laughs> literally, if you're going to if you're going to dive on in, no pun intended, you do need to know some things about this sort of culture of bathing and how to go from kind of one area to the other. So upon entering, and this is specifically for the Schnetzi, but a lot of the, all the baths have ways to regulate. So upon entering, you get a, a watch-shaped electronic bracelet that serves as a key to a locker or cabin. It's where you leave your belongings, so you'll go get your key, put everything there, change into your bathing suit if you haven't already. And most baths offer a full range of treatments, including massages. So you always want to specify at the interest what services you need. That's very important. Emission charges will vary according to what you wish to do. So if you want to do a general bathing, that'll be one price. If you want to do a massage, that'll be another. If you want to package it, just be aware that there are multiple things you can do, and that will be determined upon entry. So some tips and some things to consider and to know so you know what you're doing. Before plunging into the warm waters, always take a shower and avoid soaking for too long in the hot water as you, you may become lightheaded. So these waters, especially the saunas, which I'll get into in a second, they're, they don't have the health codes that we do. So these waters are going to be hotter. They're going to be a lot warmer than you're used to in our hot tubs. So, so staying in their waters, their, their warm pools for too long will make you lightheaded. The signs do specify often the temperature of each pool, and sometimes will even specify or advise how much time. So pay attention to those signs if they're mineral mineral baths are a great place to start it exfoliates the skin brings rejuvenation and other health benefits so i would start with the mineral baths start with different mineral baths get that exfoliation going and again after each bath you should bathe that get all the salt and the sweat off your body and it's just it's a polite clean thing to do to to help everybody else then head, so you do the mineral baths, then head to the hot saunas and the steam rooms. That will exfoliate your skin further and purge your system of toxins. So you're going to sweat out your toxins after you've done the mineral baths that soaked into the skin. You're going to sweat a lot of the toxins out. Now again, stand the heat for as long as you can, but be weary the I want to say, I don't remember exactly, but I want to say the sauna that I was in and the Schnetzi baths was 220, 230 degrees. Wow. It, it, was, it would be criminal here, basically. I've been in many hot rooms and saunas. I, I go to, I haven't been recently, but I used to go to a gym not far from here, Lifetime Fitness, and uh, I could stay in there for an hour, two hours, no problem. I wouldn't want to, but I have no problem even at the highest level. So I've done these baths before. I don't think, Arnold, I don't think I made it five minutes. Wow. And these old Hungarian guys are in these saunas and steam rooms 20 minutes, 30 minutes, no problem. I was with a, I was actually on a road trip from Frankfurt, excuse me, all the way down to southern Croatia. So we stopped in Budapest on the way. And these are two European guys. 
I was also with my brother at the time, too, who's an American. But these two European guys who've seen more baths than I have, one's German, and they were like, this is insane. So we jumped in there. We jumped right out, and uh, we didn't go back. But it is something you should do and try, and it's good for the skin and exfoliates everything. So stand as long as you can. Then nearby, right nearby the sauna and the steam room, is going to be a plunge ice-cold pool. Now, it, that is a shock to the system, but it's a very good shock. It, it's good for the circulatory system to go from the hot to the cold. So it'll wake you up. It sends no a hot. Oh, oh my! Oh, it does. It's like a slap across the face. But it's it wakes you up and it sends a positive shock to your circulatory system. So you go from the mineral baths, you go to the steam rooms and the saunas, then you do a plunge pool, then take another quick rinse. Obviously, intermittently throughout these different pools, head to another mineral bath to start the process over again. Or if you're done with all that, you're done with the health treatments, if you will. Go to the outdoor pools where people are just hanging out. There's general pools where you can just swim, relax. There's whirlpools. So do your process. Some people, some people, Arnold, will go. It's a weekend thing. It is part of their culture. We go to the movies. We go to the parks. We go to bars and do different things. They go to the baths. Wow. Some will go for a couple hours. That's the most common timeline is probably two to four hours. I was going for about four hours with my friends. And there's food, there's drinks there. You can make a day out of it, but some will go from dawn to dusk. And this goes back to ancient Rome. These are the bath junkies. They would go when it <laughs> opened. Oh, there was, that's real. It's real today as it was real in ancient Rome 2000 years ago. They're there when they open. They're there until they close. And then you've got people that are in between. So I would allot a good two to four hours to get the full experience. Now you mentioned. Now, correct my pronunciation. I, I know I can get Gellert correct. Yes. Rudas. Yes, and, I think so. That's, and Sechti? I think it's the Schnetzie. Schnetzie? Schnetzie. Are those I, your favorites or what's your favorite one? The Schnetzie baths is to me the favorite. Just the sheer size of it and the neoclassical architecture really. I love ancient Rome. My master's degree is in ancient Rome, uh, ancient Greek and Roman archaeology. So I really do appreciate that neoclassical look and feel in addition to all the services and amenities they have. It, it, it is really something special. So what are we talking about cost-wise? Can you put that in dollars, what it would cost to go to the bath for maybe a couple hours? Yeah, cost-wise, it's been a few years. I, I want to say it was about in between 17 to 22 or 23 euro per person. Again, it will depend on what you do and the full extent of the services that you want, but around 20 euro for the bigger baths and probably less for the smaller baths. But again, I think worth, well, yes, yes, I think worth every penny one one second. Let me pause there. I need to check something. Okay. Yeah, see, that's, that's crucial because they're actually not on the euro. So I'm going to mention that price. I know I was right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. These are in euros. Yeah. Cause the, 
it's see one dollar is 289 hungarian forint my gosh wow yeah so they a lot of things are priced in euro that's why i was confused or i just forgot because they'll price it in euros but their currency is not in euros but they accept euros okay so you can use okay so let me just back up let me take a okay so you can decide what you want to use but so prices will vary based on what you do in the services that you want to engage in but the prices will range for the popular baths between 17 and 22 euros now it's which is about 25 bucks it's worth mentioning that the hungary is not on the euro technically they have their own currency it's called a forint but a lot of prices you will see in euros so for the purposes of pricing a lot about 17 to 22 euros or you know 25 US dollars for one of the bigger baths. This is something that you have to make reservations for or can you just walk in off the street one day and say hey I want to go to this particular bath? You can. I walked in and I was able to get in. It is based on availability. So if you're going during a busy season, June to September, probably prudent to to book ahead make a reservation. But yes, you can absolutely show up and, and just do a day of. That's exactly what I did with the Schnetzia baths. And are there areas for families or maybe some baths that are more what I would call family friendly? Or do they separate by gender as you go out? Or is it just pretty heterogeneous? It's pretty heterogeneous. I remember there being some families there. So the Schnetzia baths, I think, is a family friendly. Pause for one second. Uh, I need to confirm that. Yes, these baths are family friendly, but kids under eight, 14 are not recommended. I believe that they can go with parental guidance. So the sort of guidance guidelines is 14 and older is no problem. Under 14, they just recommend to either do it minimal. Parents have to be there because of the safety of the extra steam rooms and the heat of the sauna and the pools and all that. So it is family friendly, but quite honestly, mostly what you're going to get is going to be teenage up to all the way up to old age, but it's going to be mostly adults. But the, the bath that I was in was a family friendly environment. You're not going to have a lot of too many partiers, but you will get some younger people in there, college age. If I listen, if I grew up in Budapest, I'd be going there with my college buddies. So it's just, it just comes with the feel, but I did get a sense it's well oiled, well maintained. And if you do go with your family and they're over 14, you have no problem taking them to the baths. They must be very vivacious or have this great looking skin because they spend all this time in the baths in, in Budapest. Hungarians are quite beautiful. I did go out with my friends. We went to some bars and these, there's these things, Arnold, that's fascinating in Budapest called the ruin bars. So these are exactly what they sound. They're bars that are built out of ruins. And these ruins are remnants of the Jewish ghetto from the fall of the Soviet Union. Mm. So the Jewish ghetto, obviously, when the Soviet Union fell, a lot of things changed, but these buildings were left to, to rot. And the city thought it was a good idea to change them, to convert them into these bars so it's really eerie, but in an interesting way. But so anyway, getting off topic, I did go to a couple of these ruined bars. And I will say that there were some beautiful people and, and the women were beautiful. And you know, a lot of the models 
that are the international supermodels come from Hungary, many of them. So maybe that is something to it. Maybe that is part of their secret is their extensive bath culture. There must be something to the Paris of the East or the, as you called it, the Pearl of the Danube, the city of spas, Budapest. I've learned a lot, especially how to pronounce the name of the city. It, it really is one of those places you should visit at least once in your life. And when you do go, make sure not to miss one of the great baths of Budapest. Thank you for listening to this episode of Virtual Vacation with Guidester. If you enjoyed this episode, please check out our website, guidester.com forward slash virtual dash vacation. That's guidester.com forward slash virtual dash vacation. Virtual Vacation with Guidester is produced by Motif Media Group. For Jack Bauman and Virtual Vacation with Guidester, I'm Arnold Stricker.